growing up, I was really, like, really insecure about myself um, and everything. So, like, I feel like a lot of my work is, like, I want to create work for a younger me, like, something that mm. I wish I saw. Because I think it's so, like, the like the point we are now is so, like, great because, like, there's been so many great imageries I've seen and, like... But, like, I remember back then, just, like, a couple years ago, like, I didn't see that. And maybe it's just because I was researching hard enough. Like, maybe that was on me. What's going on, y'all? You have just tuned in to the Black Shutter Podcast. On this show, I invite black photographers, filmmakers, editors, and creative business folks to discuss their experiences and share their wisdom. You will hear about their work, their challenges, and their inspirations. My name is Idris Talib Solomon, a creative director, photographer, and filmmaker based in Brooklyn, New York. So if you dig photography and you love the culture, keep your mind open and your headphones locked. This is the Black Shutter Podcast. Whether you live in the United States, the United Kingdom, or Nigeria, something that is extremely important is representation. To be able to see ourselves represented in a positive light, in an empowering light, in a respectable light, is something that everyone deserves. There's a quote that says, if you can't see it, you can't be it. When we watch television, movies, or see ourselves in print, in magazines, and newspapers, even when we visit museums, black people are not always shown with respect and with dignity. Our guest today remembers growing up and visiting these museums and not seeing herself represented. And that prompted her to pick up the camera and document black women in a respectful and an empowering light with honor and dignity. She is a fashion and portrait photographer and she has recently been considered one of the 20 black photographers to follow by GQ. Aisha Sariki, welcome to the Black Shutter Podcast. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm just very tired, but I'm good. I'm good. Tired, tired. So um, where are you calling from? Um, I'm calling from London today. Yeah, London, UK. There's only one London, but yeah. Wow. So you are, what, five hours ahead of where I'm at. I'm in New York City. So you're taking this call at around 1030. So it's almost bedtime. Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, it, I would normally sleep around this time, but yeah, I'm so you, here. You stayed, you stayed awake to record? Yeah, I stayed awake, yeah. I made sure I was prepared for today. All right, beautiful. I appreciate you taking the time. So, you know, I think you are the first uh, photographer from the UK on the show. So, Ooh. yeah, yeah, first one. That's, I, I think that's at least... Uh, based in the UK and yeah. and and, ra- and you were raised in the UK? Um yeah, I moved here when I was about 8. So mm-hmm. yeah, basically. Okay. So you lived in now, but where did you move from? Um so um I moved so I used to live in like Southeast Asia. Um Oh wow. So I was just like living in different countries. The last place I was before I came here was Indonesia. But yeah, I was in India for a bit, Vietnam, and then yeah, I moved here. <laughs> Wow, so what were you doing in Southeast Asia? Um, my dad used to work there, and, like, we just used to travel. Basically, we just traveled with him. Wherever he went, we went. Oh, nice. What did your father do? 
Um, he basically played um, football. Like, he played football for, like, these Asian teams and stuff. And, yeah, like, I think it was good money. Like, so, oh, yeah, like... That's pretty yeah. dope. That's pretty dope. Um, you know, a lot of people move around the world because, like, their parents might be in politics or in the military. Mm. First time I'm hearing somebody moving around because their their parent is a professional athlete. So that's that's yeah. pretty interesting. I know you have some some stories to tell. To be fair, I feel like I do. Like I was I was very young. Like I was very young. I feel like I'm so upset. I wish I was it could had that now. Like because I was under eight. Like I can't remember. So I'm just like ah. Oh. Wow. And your family is originally from Nigeria. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. Wow. So. I, I want to know, like, what's your experience growing up with, like, a Nigerian, a Nigerian-based home, but, like, in Indonesia or in, in London? Like, what's that experience like for you? Um, I, I think, like, the main thing was that it was really weird growing up because it was, like, a conflict between my, my culture and, like, living in London because, basically, like, my mom was very strict, like, growing up, like, my mom, my mom, she's relaxed now because I break all the rules. Yes, that's what I say to people. I say to people, I trained her. Um, but like, I literally just like it was really like growing up as a teenager. It was really frustrating because I would see like um, my friends like having like freedom, like they could do whatever, they could stay up late, and it'd be like I would, it would be like seven o'clock, and my mom would be calling me like, "Get your ass home!" Like. <laughs> Um, so it was just that, like, anger and frustration at my mom specifically because I'd be like, I just want to be like everyone else. And she would always be like to me, Aisha, you would never be British. Like, you're Nigerian. Like, mm. stop thinking. You're not, you're never going to be white. Like, you're never going to have these freedoms. Like, mm. but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's interesting because, you know, you say your mom was strict but your your family moved around a lot, so you know in that I won't say that is is instability, but you know you're you're moving around, so your 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 environment is changing regularly. You know, um, how did you eventually, you know, pick up the camera? Because I feel like in strict households, art is not really art is not always accepted as as, um, you know, a, a way to make a living, you know? So mm -hmm. what, what was that What was that connection between you picking up the camera and, like, you know, clashing with your mom and her strict rules? Um, interestingly enough, like, because my dad, like, for example, he, he, he's doing football, like, uh, my dad, it was for my dad because growing up in our childhood, my dad literally photographed everything. We would eat and he would take a picture. We would go to, to McDonald's, he would take a picture. Like, we literally, like, like, my childhood is really documented, like, really well because my dad, like, he loves taking pictures. Like, I feel like he was doing the selfie before that even existed. Like, um, yeah, like, he literally would photograph everything. So I think, like, I've always seen him, like, taking photos and I've always, like, liked the idea of, like, photography. So it was, like, a very, like, sort of smooth transition. And I think with my mum, basically, one of my uncles did, like, wedding photography, like, event photography. So, like, he was making money. So my mum was like, okay, when I said, oh, I want to do photography, she was like, okay, like, there's money in there. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> you're good. 
Yeah. Maybe if my uncle didn't do photography, like maybe she would be like, okay, like she would, she would be like, mm. but because he did, he was making money from that. I think she was like, okay, yeah, you can do that. <laughs> was that your father's brother or your mother's brother? So basically, he's not really related to me. Basically, Nigerian culture, like everyone's like everyone's your uncle everyone's and your everyone's uncle, your yeah. auntie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like my family friend. Nice, nice. So. Good thing he was around because he sort of paved the way for you. Not to mention, like, your father always having a camera around. So, it's, you know, I think that um, having those early influences, it sounds like that gave you the leeway to, to eventually pick up the camera. Yeah, it definitely did. Like, I'm just so ha I'm really happy that my dad really did that. Like, that's the one thing that I'm like, yeah, I'm really so happy he did that because it really inspired me. And, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like, growing up, I didn't really see, like, I didn't know photographers or anything. Like, we didn't talk about art in that sort of way. Mm -hmm. So that was, like, you know, my art. Like, so, yeah. yeah. So your father was basically, like, a documentary photographer. You know, he yeah, was... Yeah, basically. Right? So yeah. how did you eventually, you know, get into portrait and fashion photography if you saw your father just documenting life as it was happening what made you shift gears and get going like the more portrait and fashion route um I feel like so I did art like all throughout school I did art and um I did photography as well and so I would like Back then, I was really interested in, like, loads of different stuff. Like, I was interested in architectural. That's actually how I started photography, architectural photography. But, like, I always knew that I like people. Like, I really like I really like people. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to shoot people, but at a different time. And with fashion, I feel like that's been, like, a sort of, like, smooth transition. Um, just because I just wanted to, like, sort of push myself more. And obviously, like, growing up, like, I love, like, you know, reading magazines and I would just go to the library because I didn't have money like that. So I'd go to the library and like just flick through magazines and it's just like, oh, yeah, maybe my work will be in one of these one day. So yeah. Nice, nice. And how old were you when you first started to, you know, take pictures? Um, for my own pictures, I feel like the first time I started taking, like, the first time I maybe took, like, a photo for something was when I did my GCSE. So I think I was, like, around 15. Um, and that was, like, that, that's, I think that's the SATs. I think that's what they call it. Okay, yeah, I was going to ask <laughs> um, you what that means. Yeah, I think that it's called SATs. I'm not sure, like, I was around 16. Okay, yeah. And... Yeah, I did a final project and I used my sister. So, yeah, that was, like, my first time, I'd say, that I actually went and took a photo for, like, purpose of photography. Nice. So, around teenage years, you decided to pick up the camera. When did you know that you were you were good? When did it click that the, the images you were seeing actually meant something to you or said something, like, conveyed some sort of a message? Um, I feel like that came really late, like... I think last year, I think that was when I was like, oh, okay, I think I'm actually good at photography. Like, I think it came really, really late. Um, 
just because I don't know I feel like I just I always thought that there were so many good photographers out there and like I was just like I just don't think my work is there yet so I never really claimed that like I'm good like I just thought that I was all right and I was just doing this photography thing but I think like doing my project heaven's not closed that's when I was like okay I think I'm all right at this thing Mm -hmm. well you know when you're starting out and you're looking at other people's work people who have been doing this for years and they're established and they, they've, you know, broken a lot of the rules and made a lot of mistakes. It's always going to, we're always going to feel like our work can't compare, you know, you, we can't compare where somebody is based on where we're starting. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I wish I just told that to myself at the start. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's something I tell myself even to this day, because there's always going to be mm-hmm. somebody who's more experienced than I am or, who has yeah. a better camera or who has yeah. more money or whatever. You know, there's always going to be somebody who has more or is doing more. But that mm-hmm. doesn't change my vision. That doesn't change your vision. Your vision is yours. Nobody can take that away, you know? Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. So, you know, um, you are pursuing work in the fashion industry and and also doing portraits, right? And, yeah. Uh, so I know here in the U.S., the the photography industry is is very challenging. Not to mention yeah. the fashion industry, and both of these industries also lack a lot of diversity. Tell us, like, what your experience is being a black woman of Nigerian descent, right? Like, trying to make your way in the photography industry and photographing fashion like what is that experience like for you um i think with fashion i've had quite a like a um hard sort of like it's been very hard specifically with fashion because i think with portraits like you know you can just get your model and then you know you can photograph or whatever but obviously fashion is very garment specific Mm -hmm. so i've had a lot of problems in terms of like pulling out pieces being like first um you know working class like I like I think one thing I said was that being a black woman who's also a migrant mm-hmm. um one thing that I struggle with is the idea of connections because I don't have these connections I can't just go to my like my mom's friend or for example to be like oh can you you know can you forward me to this person so that I can get this or so 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 um so I think for me it's been particularly hard reaching out to people because I feel like people like it's all about the people you know or like and if you don't know people people are like not willing to like work with you and stuff so it's been hard in that sort of sense and I've had to be kind of smart about it and you know like do a lot of DIY sort of things Mm -hmm. um, just because I just don't have the connections. I don't have the connections. And it's been very frustrating because sometimes I'll message someone who I want to work with and I'm just like, they're not going to want to work with me because I'm not a big, like, I I don't know these people. Um, And, yeah, it often feels like a big door, like, someone let me in. (laughs) Yeah, literally, it's very, very challenging. And I feel like it affects my confidence sometimes because I'm just a bit like, I I just can't be bothered. But, you know, we just have to keep on going, unfortunately. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's been an interesting 
process. And I think I'm learning more and more um, every time I shoot. But especially, specifically, the styling is is frustrating to me sometimes because I feel like some of the um, visions I have, I feel like where it kind of lacks is the styling aspect, which mm. kind of frustrates me, yeah. Yeah, I can see that, especially with fashion. You know, there's a combination of, uh, you know, makeup, and hair makeup, and is um, the actual, like you said, it's garment-specific, you know, so having a, a, a piece of clothing that, that looks really interesting. And there's also, like, the model aspect, and some a lot of these things, uh, you know, come with fees attached to them, right? Yeah. Unless you're able to find a bunch of up-and-coming everything, right? You, you find an up-and-coming mm-hmm. hair and makeup person, up-and-coming stylist, up-and-coming fashion person, and then y'all just say, let's, co- let's collaborate, and we all get something out of this, and we all push our, our name forward a little bit, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's just hard to find people on the... I feel like um, in London, it's quite easy to find, like, makeup artists. Like, that. there's plenty of those. Like, there's so many. So I never really struggle on that side of things or, like, finding models. It's always just the garment aspect mm-hmm. um, that really sometimes it lets me down. Like, even the last year I did, I'm just like, I wish I had someone that would be able to bring my vision fully to light, if that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, looking at your work, from the outside looking in, you know, I'm not I'm not heavy into, like, the fashion world, so I can't mm-hmm. tell you what, what's a good fashion image or not, but just looking at yeah. your work, it looks like you, you have... It looks like you are really defining your voice, you know, and yeah. you are shooting fashion and it may not be exactly what you envision but looking at the work I can kind of see where your vision is going you know and and the fact that you're doing this on your own without having like the budget that you the the budget that you want or having like access to the people that you want I feel like it looks like you're taking the right steps you know to, to, to get there you know yeah, um, hopefully um, it'll keep on adding up. <laughs> yeah, so how do you how do you put your projects together? Um, normally with my projects, like um, it normally comes from an idea. Always like I can't, I can't really. Yeah, my all my projects come from ideas that I have like randomly. Like I'll just be thinking, and then I'll be like, "Oh, this would be a good project idea," and then I'll just store it. Like and then I like when I'm. When I get bothered, then I'll actually go and do it. But, yeah, like, literally everything comes from an idea. Um, Or sometimes I get, like, inspired by, like, a photo I see or, like, something I see. But, yeah, mainly just from concepts that I have. And that normally happens from me reading or, like, just me thinking about my life. Like, yes, it's always me reflecting about my life. Yeah, that's where my ideas always come from. So you'll create a project, a photo project, based on a certain aspect of your life. Yeah, basically, like, or, like, an experience that I've had, like, for example, um, the Heavens Not Closed project literally came from me just thinking, like, oh, like, 
actually don't see black women in the museum. Like, mm. and I'm like remembering me as a child going to the museum a lot and thinking, oh, that would have been really like impactful to see black women there. Like, because all I was seeing was like whiteness. Mm. So then I was like, yeah, let me just do a project. And then, yeah. Okay, you have to talk about Heaven is Not Closed. You have to talk about that a little bit more because I like the title and that you just broke down what what that project means. But can you go a little bit deeper into that? I think that's really important to to, to understand that as a young girl in going into these museums, you didn't see anybody that looked like you represented on the wall. So you created this project to kind of say like, we do exist and we can get into heaven as well. But I want you to talk about that a little bit more because I think that's a dope concept. Um, thank you. Um, yeah, like, I, um, heaven, yeah, like I said, I've just sort of gone a little bit too in the detail. But I think growing up, I had a, I really had a hard time growing up. I can't lie to you. Because um, I'm, I'm darker skinned. I always am dark skin, dark skin, because I don't know, you guys, um, your guys' category of blackness is a bit different, but <laughs> yeah, like, I'm definitely, like, dark skin, like, um, but, like, just growing up, and I feel like I had, I had really, really low um, confidence, like, I had really low confidence, and every time I just kept looking at the TV or, like, especially here in London at the time, it was, like, people just, like, everyone hated black women. Like, everyone hated black women, black men, like, like, everyone hated. And then I feel like at that point, like, as a little, like, girl, like, I didn't see any, like, sort of positive um, reinforcements of black women in the media industry either. Like, so I was just, I, I didn't, and then I'd go to all these, like, basically everything was just whiteness. Whiteness, yeah, whiteness ruled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, growing up, I was really, like, really insecure about myself um, and everything. So, like, I feel like a lot of my work is, like, I want to create work for a younger me, like, something that mm. I wish I saw. Because I think it's so, like, the like the point we are now is so, like, great because, like, there's been so many great imageries I've seen and, like... But, like, I remember back then, just, like, a couple years ago, like, I didn't see that. And maybe it's just because I was researching hard enough. Like, maybe that was on me. But with Heavens Not Closed, that was another thing because, um, obviously, I really like art. And then I was just not seeing black people in art, like, the places I was going to. And if I was seeing them, it was always like that, like, sort of, like, slave narrative, like... So, yeah, I just decided to create that project. And Heaven's Not Closed, the actual name is from a book um, that I read um, by Bessie Head. And it's basically about the idea of Christian missionaries and the idea that... This is so long. Oh, my God, I'm going down on a long wind. Oh, no, 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 yeah, it's good, it's good. Trust, trust, it's good. <laughs> Sorry, next I'm like... Basically, the story was about... Um, a European missionary who went to Africa. And he basically said to... Like, basically, the idea was that um, Africans were not able to go to heaven because they were practising traditional... um, traditional spiritual beliefs, basically. And to him, heaven was unclosed... Like, not close to unbeliever. Yeah, heaven was close to unbeliever. But at the end of the story, it's like heaven's not closed because even though they have two different um, beliefs, mm-hmm. everyone can 
have access. And that's so I kind of twisted that with the art, like, you know, the art world. Like, we are there and we just need to be visible, basically. Yeah, I feel like, oh my God, I feel like I've just. No, that, I think, Aisha, I think that's, that's beautiful. I think that's a really powerful project, you know, and I think that for a lot of artists, photographers included, sometimes it's really the, the, the challenge is inserting a part of yourself into your work, which gives it like an added layer of meaning. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's cool to be able to pick up a camera and just take like a technically good picture, right? Like mm. the, com the composition is there, the, the exposure is there, and everybody's nice and smiling, and yeah, it's perfect, right? But if there's no emotion connected to it, the picture almost means nothing. Yeah. For you to do this project based on a feeling that you had when you went to when you visited museums as a child, I think that takes the work to another level, you know. Um, can you speak a little like I'm looking at the work right now and it looks like you have you have all these black women in it looks like a museum or a library? Yeah, it's a museum, yeah, it's a museum, the VNA. So how did you how did you get access to the museum to be able to go in there and photograph these these women um so everything like i said everything with me is diy like diy to the t like um so basically um i wanted to shoot at the kara walker um there's like a kara walker piece at the Tate, um, which is an art gallery in um, london mm -hmm. but i called them up and they were like I was, like, trying to explain to them. I was like, oh, this is my project. I'm just trying to, you know, highlight black women in the, you know, museum. And they were like, no, you can't shoot here. They were like, we already highlight, like, black artists and, like, we've been really good on diversity. And I was like, I'm not attacking you guys, like, chill. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was really upset about that because um, the Carl Walker piece, I think she created, like, a... Um, sculpture like a like a fountain like a sculpture like a yeah a fountain which um like was basically commemorating um you know the descendants of slave um s slaves so i was like oh my god that'd be like so great like wow like i'm talking about black women and like behind this backdrop of her amazing work mm -hmm. but they were like nah so i was just like i was so crushed i was really crushed so um, I basically called the VNA, um, which is another museum, and I was just like, "Oh, like I've got this school project." Like I was like, "Yeah, I'm like 17. I've got this school project. It's really small." Like, and they were like, "Yeah, as long as like you're not going to make money from it, and like as long as it's a little school project." So I was like, "Cool." Oh, that's great. So. <laughs> so um, on the day, so there's three models there. So three models had to get their makeup done. So we literally did their makeup in McDonald's. Um, <laughs> yeah, so everyone got changed in McDonald's. They yeah. had their makeup done in McDonald's. And, like, literally were getting dirty looks, like, left, right, and center. And it was, like, they were just, like, honestly, like, I'm surprised they didn't kick us out because there was about six of us like on this table in McDonald's like and like my like my friend who did the makeup she has like a, such a big like makeup kit like we literally took like oh, three or man. four tables <laughs> yeah so you can imagine like they want to kick us out but they can't because we bought something 
Um, so that was part one. Part two, I was like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to transport each model there one by one because obviously you see what they're wearing. So like we have we had so much attention on us. So I was like, even though they said yes, they think I'm doing a little project. They think I'm literally doing like the most minuscule thing. So shooting them one by one, obviously like people from the public were like, wow, like um and. The person, like the, how, how hmm, like the guide, oh no, um, you know, like the people at the gallery that, like, not the security guards, the, but the like, docent? maybe, maybe that's the word, like the gallery assistant or something. Mm -hmm. Like, I told him, and he was like, oh, this is, like, he thought it was funny, like, he thought it was funny, like, he's like, yeah, go you, like, <laughs> um, but then, we got to the third girl and also another thing was that um the light because we were indoors by the time i shot the third girl the light was basically near gone and i, I can't use flash because i'm like you can't use flash and those sort of things like but we got there we did get like someone did come down and kind of told me off a little bit but it was all right in the end so yeah I mean, I think that's... I mean, you said you do DIY to the T and, like, having all of the, the women change and do your do their makeup in the McDonald's and then you, like, sneak them into um, the museum, like, I think that's amazing. That's pretty cool. It was, it was a funny day. It was a really stressful day. <laughs> yeah, everything was stressful, but, yeah, thank God it was all fine in the end. Uh, and you did all of that in one day? Yeah, that was literally in one day. That was like maybe we... I think we had started around one. I probably had started shooting around two or three. And we finished... Because the gallery closes at like six or seven. So, yeah, we had... We were, yeah, it was, it, was, it was an interesting experience. And there's definitely things I feel like I could have done better. I feel like I had a bigger team just on, like, and help, more help. Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing I want to say is uh, keep that that DIY mentality because when you start getting the budgets and you start getting the bigger teams, it's still very important for you to, to think outside the box, to think really unorthodox ways of, like, making your projects happen. Because yeah. once you have money and you have access to all these things, it could be easy to kind of get lazy and just say, oh, okay, mm. well, I'll, I'll hire this person to, to do this, and I'll hire this person to do that, and I'll get the best camera on the market. You know what I mean? But, yeah. you know, money doesn't buy you imagination or creativity, mm. you know? So keep that DIY attitude. No matter how much money you make, no matter where your career goes, keep that mentality so that you can always find alternative ways to make your ideas come to life. I think that's yeah. I think that's so dope. Yeah. Um yeah, no, I think the DIY normally works for me, so I think I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. yeah. So, when I look at your work, you know, your work is 99% focused on women. Yeah. Right? And it's also a very very high percentage focused on black women. Yeah. You know, what message do you want your photography to convey to your audience? Oh, this is an interesting question. Um, 
what message? Okay, I feel like what I want to convey to my audience is stories, like stories that are really important to me and highlight issues. Because one thing that's really important to me is like issues that's going on in the world, like like you know, racism, homophobia, all of this and all of these kind of issues. So I feel like when I want people to look at my work, I want them to kind of like have some sort of like inner dialogue and like for example with Head and Not Clothes I want them to think like yo like have I actually seen a piece like this in a museum so yeah like I think what I want people to think about is the issues surrounding what I'm trying to highlight in my art um I want to have you know Black women see themselves within my work and feel like they're celebrated. I want women to feel like they're celebrated and seen. Um, okay, I'm trying to think. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna write and go down from my list. Um, and I want to bring, I want to highlight issues that have, that are invisible, even though they shouldn't be, mm-hmm. but they're invisible to like I don't know the average person um yeah I I think that's what I want my audience to see um yeah and I think I want my work to be more inclusive I'm trying to work more on that and thinking specifically on who I use um yeah so that I can encompass as many people as I can but I also want my my work like my audience to see that my work is like just uniquely me and just uniquely stories that are important to me, basically, yeah. What would you say your ideal project would be? You don't have to speak in detail about an idea that you have already, because I believe in keeping ideas close to chest until it's ready to, to be put out there, but give an example of what your ideal project would be if you had the budget, if you had the, the team. Um, if I had the budget and had the team, I kind of want to get into, like, video. Like, I want to get into video as well. So I'm not quite sure whether it'd be, like, a documentary or something. Like, I think I would like to do maybe, like, a... There's this big project that I want to do, but I want to do it in the time, for, like, where I have the skills enough. Like, I think I have skills, but, like, where I have like where I can make the project the best, the best, best that I can do it. But it's a very big project and I would want to do like a fashion film. I would also want to do a documentary and like a photo series with that. And, you know, it'd be amazing if I could like photograph in like different locations because and actually get access to the specific locations that I actually want to shoot at because that's also been an issue like... Um, sometimes I have places I want to shoot, but I, either I don't have the money or I'm just not allowed. <laughs> so it would be nice to, sh- like, I have a few locations that I would love to shoot for that, and I think it would be amazing for that, but it would be nice to actually be able to shoot there um, and just have the, like, sort of money to, like, pay the people who are helping and supporting me in my projects. Um, that would be really cool. Um, and 
this like the project that I'm interested in doing is something kind of dear to me and my culture and just highlighting a bit of um Nigerian culture to the world basically yeah and history yeah to the world yeah Nigerian culture throughout the world like throughout the diaspora um, just just highlighting, there's this specific bit, like, I want to highlight, basically, I'm really passionate about, I'm Yoruba, so um, I'm really passionate about Yoruba history, Yoruba culture, so I want to showcase that to the whole world, because I feel like people don't really talk about it that much, so, yeah. Have you been to Nigeria? I haven't been to Nigeria since I've left, so, I, like, I haven't been since 2004, I was meant to go this year, but of course, COVID. What, what happened this year? Why can't you go this year? COVID. <laughs> COVID. COVID We're messing up everybody's plans, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's not happening. It's unfortunately not happening. Oh, man. I know, I'm so sad. I'm sad, but hopefully next year. You know, and Nigerian, Nigerian photographers, like, in Nigeria and around the world, I just like I mean Nigerian culture is just like on fire right now, yo. Like Yeah. Between that, between like photography, between fashion, between music music, it's mm. just like so much bubbling out of Nigeria. So I can imagine yeah. like once you once the once the wheels on that plane touch down in Nigeria, like what kind of work is gonna come come out of there, yo. I, I can't yeah. wait to see what happen, what you do when you get there because it's it's a beautiful place. You know? Honestly, no. Like, there's so many cool, like, creatives. Like, I follow them all. I'm just at all at their work. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just a shame that COVID just came to ruin the day, mate. <laughs> I know. I know. What's up, family? If you're enjoying this episode, do us a solid by leaving us a five-star rating or reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. We appreciate the support. So on that note, we're going to get back into the show. Peace. So you mentioned fashion a lot. Like, why, why do you have such a passion for fashion? Um, oh, I feel like it's, I don't know. Like, I can't, I can't pinpoint, like, where my love for fashion has come from like I can't pinpoint it because I don't think I had like I feel like I just do you know this is going to sound so funny but I feel like it's from like I used to watch you know TV shows like I used to love watching like Americans Next Top Model and I used to love watching like you know the photo shoots and I was like this is so cool like I want to do this. Like, I want to do this. Like, I feel like I haven't been, like, you know, one of those nerds, like, those fashion nerds who, like, you know, read, like, these, like, know all these designers. Mm -hmm. But I just, I just really like clothes. Like, I just really like clothes. And, like, I feel like it's fun. Like, it's dress up. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's, like, honestly, like, if I'm trying to go down to, like, the specifics, I feel like, yeah, it's fun to, like, I don't know, like, it's almost like, not acting, but it's like, yeah, like, make-believe. That's the thing that I always say about my work. Like, I feel like my work is very, like, like, creating another life, like, another scenario, like... It's like, like role-playing, right? Yeah, like, it's role-playing. So I feel like it's just another way that I can do that, basically. It's like another medium that I can do that. But you, you, are, you are taking the pictures, so are you 
assuming a role as a photographer or are you living through the roles that the models are playing? I feel like, obviously, I'm assuming um, the role as a photographer. Mm -hmm. But I kind of, like, have, like, ideas. Like, yeah, I kind of have, like, like, my models, they're kind of like little characters in my, like, head. So they're role-playing my ideas, yeah. So how do you direct them? Like, in the Heaven Is Not Closed project, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a very specific... um, you know, uh, message or feeling that you have with this project, you know, wanting to say, like, heaven heaven is not closed to black women, right? Yeah. How do you direct your models to get that kind of emotion or that expression out of them to convey what it is that you felt when you were going to the museums as a child? Um, So normally when I direct my models, like, I try to... I, I direct them, especially for this, like, this was quite specific. Like, I, I directed them and I kind of gave them a mood. Like, I was just, like, softness and gentleness. Um, and but at the same time, I tried to give my models, like, freedom to actually, like, you know, move how they like at the same time because I feel like it's a mix between me as a photographer and their individual characters, if that makes sense. So, yeah, like, I'm always quite fluid with that. And most of the times, the pictures that I end up liking is, like, you know when the models are moving between a shot and, like, and they move just, like, a little fraction of a bit? Um, So, yeah, like, I I do direct them and I, you know, I'll tell them to move a little bit, an inch, that inch. (laughs) But at the same time, I give them the freedom to move around. For example, Precious, um, the model in the middle, she is very, like, with her, like, I couldn't direct her too much because we had, like, literally 15 minutes. So she was giving me the shots. I was like, yes, you got it. But, yeah. (laughs) I wonder if you can also talk a little bit about, you have another project called Unfinished. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that project? Yeah, this unfinished, that's a really old project of mine, you know. That's so old, and I actually feel really bad about it because I haven't gone back to it in ages. But um, unfinished was basically, I was just basically depicting my friends and just trying to, like, showcase different, you know, like, at the time, what I wanted to do was showcase, like, my like my friends who were all black women and just showcase and highlight different black women and just having them talk about a bit about themselves. Um, I feel like it's a project that I want to go back to because I feel like it deserves to be properly explored. But I think one, like it was at the very kind of like start of my, you know, photography, like exploration sort of thing. So I think I was just, I, like, I just get, what I do is I get so excited by different things. But yeah, I need to definitely go back to that project because it was really interesting, like hearing my friends speak about their themselves and you know how it felt for them to be a black woman. Um, yeah, like, and I think it's a really important project actually. So yeah, I think I need to finish that project. That'll be my next to do on my to do list. Well, well, will unfinished ever be finished? Yeah. <laughs> Right? It, it sounds like it's, a, it's an ongoing thing, right? Yeah. No, it, I feel like it is like a... Yeah, I think it is... Yeah, it's like a 
it will get developed. It'll, I will finish it. It will. Unfinished will be finished. <laughs> so, um, how long do you? Okay, uh, here's a question. Do you consider yourself professional at this point? Um, I think I don't think I I, I don't think I would consider myself as a professional because I feel like I'm a bit of a nerd. Like I, I you know, I'm very particular. Like. With every, I like to research a lot, and I feel like I I don't know everything about photography. I'm not not knowing everything, but like I feel like there's still certain aspects that I'm like I don't think I know enough about this. So I think until I know enough about certain things, like for example lighting, I really want to get more better at that. And at this moment, I don't think I'm the best at it. So because of that, I wouldn't say like I'm a professional. I think I'm I'm good. I think I'm good. <laughs> so you you would base professionalism on the amount of knowledge you have versus yeah. you know um, having clients or making money. Like what what is your basis for professionalism? Yeah, I I think that's my basis. I think because you know I'm a very like I like to study things. Like I'm a very like I like to study things like. That's why I didn't study photography in uni. Like, I didn't study photography in uni. Um, like, I'm a, I'm, a, like, I'm a big researcher, so I feel like that's how I see life. I see life through research. Um, yeah, so I feel like, for me personally, I think me, like, feeling like I've mastered everything, like, about photography, even if, it, like, I didn't have, like, that many clients or... Like, it was just me doing my projects. I feel like I'd feel like a professional in that way. But maybe that's just, like, uh, what's it called? I don't think that that should be for everyone, by the way. <laughs> like, I think, yeah. You know, I saw your... I saw your... I think I discovered you when GQ put out a list of photographers. Yeah. And, you know, obviously those lists are, like, full of you know, really talented, you know, image makers. Um, yeah, that's how I discovered your work. I feel like, you know, if you if you feel confident in the work that you're doing, uh, you know, just claim it. Just claim yeah. it, you know, because uh, you, there's always something to learn. There's yeah. always something to learn, you know, and if you wait to feel like, you know, you have to have a certain amount of knowledge, then when is enough enough? You know? Mm. Yeah, I think that's a really important point, to be fair. Um, yeah. I think I just I just need a little bit like the lighting thing is very specific. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just the lighting bit is very specific. But yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. That you always get better. Yeah. Always. The work you do now is not gonna be as you're gonna look back at the work you're doing now. And be like, man, I could have did that a lot better because you're gonna learn. You're gonna learn more in a year. So in a year's yeah. time, when you look at the work you're doing now, you're like, ah, oh, I could have did that much better. I could have lit it this way, and I could have did blah 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 blah. You know, it's always gonna. You're always gonna like learn more. And mm. so, that's just my that's just my um, approach. You know. No, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. So I wonder what kind of conversations do you have? with your, your your parents about what you're doing uh, with your camera, like knowing that your father was a big influence and your mom didn't really... Oh, your mom supported you, right? 
Yeah, she, yes, yeah. So what conversations do you have with your parents about photography and where you where you plan to take it? Um, it's funny, okay, so basically I'm not really close to my mom or dad, even though I live with my mom, but I'm not really close with my family, okay. like my parents. I'm not really close with my parents. But like my mom, like for example, so I've just started a new job, which isn't photography. And almost my mom just came to the room, she was like, Oh my god, you're not gonna have too much time to do photography anymore, sort of thing. Um, I feel like my mom doesn't like my mom doesn't really get photography. She doesn't get it. She doesn't get it. Like for example, when the GQ thing happened, she was just like, okay, like she was just like, okay, like my dad was like, okay, yeah, like they didn't get it, but they're just like, oh, it's cool. Like because I think they're just like, oh, you make money from it, so yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I just do things, and then I'm just like, oh yeah, I did this, and then I'll be like, okay, because <laughs> they don't really understand. They don't understand those it could. Like, if I saw them, like, oh, like, you know, I'm just part of a new um, exhibition, they'll just be like, okay. <laughs> wow, but that's crazy, though, because your father was always walking around with a camera and your mom knew from, like, your uncle that, you know, there's money in this. So, wow, that's interesting. Do you know why? Basically, I think, like, be, um, like my uncle, like I said, he does, he does like, wedding photography. Like, I, I think... Like, what my mom sees photography as, like, she sees it as, like, you know, you photograph, like, she only sees photography through the lens of, like, you can, you know, maybe photograph events, you can do weddings. She doesn't, like, she she hasn't really made the distinction between, like, you know, like, maybe, like, having work in a, a magazine. Like, she doesn't see it from that. So she, she sees it in a very different... And that's how I actually used to see photography when I first started. And so I realised that it was a... Um, massive world so she still sees it through like like she, she like for example she, she she wouldn't really get like an exhibition she doesn't get that really um yeah she wouldn't really get like she wouldn't get the significance of that because she just sees like photography as like oh like you go to an event and you take pictures of people or like maybe i'll do like a portrait of someone like that's what she she would get that but she wouldn't get that other side if that makes sense and so would my dad really they see it as a very like personalized thing yeah yeah i think i don't know if that explains it better and you've had galleries right yeah, was it good? Yeah, I've done a few stuff. Yeah, I've done a few stuff. But like, they won't get that. Like, they won't. They won't get that. They would. They would be like, okay. They, they would say okay, but they won't understand like the significance or like how cool that is, or like they won't understand like how cool like how cool the GQ thing was mm -hmm. because it's it's just it's just something that they don't understand. Yeah, it's just, they just don't understand that. They don't understand that sort of that side of the world. Like. Did they did they go to your gallery exhibitions? Um, I'm trying to think if my mom, I don't think my mom has ever been to. Has she? Wait, okay. No, she hasn't been able to because yeah, like my mom like works all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my mom works all the time, so she she can't really miss a day out of work if I'm being honest. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, because she's literally working all the time. So I think once I did a shoot for her like i did a shoot of her and but she wasn't able to come because she couldn't miss work sort of thing so yeah oh man they gotta make it to the next one make sure they promise yeah. to make it to the next one because a yeah. gallery for a photographer is huge yeah exhibition you know yeah 
I think when they start seeing those checks rolling and you start buying them stuff from your photography money, then they'll be like, oh, that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we could. Yeah, that will probably help. That will definitely help, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Right now, they're just like, oh, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like it's a it's a hobby. Right? Yeah. No, I can see that. I can see that. Even here in the states, you know, like, uh, par- a lot of parents still want their kids to just do like the, the typical jobs, you know, mm. like um, and there's nothing wrong with anybody who has these types of jobs. I'm not saying anything. I'm not knocking yeah. it, right? But you know, they, there's for me in high school. There were only a few jobs that were like respected by the, the principal and like mm. the administration. It was like you had to be like a, a lawyer, doctor, or engineer. And I'm like, well, what about all the other things that are out there? You know, why can't I why can't I go and do graphic design or do computer yeah. art or photography? You know, mm-hmm. just, yeah, definitely. Yeah, people can't they can't make it up. They can't determine in their mind what what a what a profession like that looks like. You know? Yeah, um, I think that photography is really weird because I, I always say it's like kind of like mysterious. Like it was even mysterious to me, like until like, I would say like maybe a year or two ago because it's like, it's not like, for example, medicine where it's like you just go to school and then you're, you know, doctor. Like the way that you can get into photography and the things that you can do and where you can end up, like, you, like it's everyone has their own individual journey. So I think that maybe that's why like, people are just so confused or, like, it's not, like, a clear path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not, like, a clear path at all, like... No, like, it's not. It's, it's not clear and it's unpredictable and... Yeah. You know, it's very competitive. Mm-hmm. But every time you get an assignment, every time you, you make some money from it, it's just a little bit more... It builds a little bit more confidence that you actually have something to contribute mm. You know, your eye, yeah. is, your eye is worth something. You know, the way you see the world has some value, you know? Yeah. What's the, um, what's the, the market like in the UK, in London? Like, how does a photographer get, get assignments, get gigs, you know? What's that process like? Um, I think, like, I'm not, I've not been really too great at this because I, I don't know, I, um, me, I'm just a bit lazy. <laughs> But, um, like, you can pitch your work. So, we could, like, just, you can pitch an idea to a magazine of, like, oh, this is, like, an editorial or lookbook I want to do. And hopefully they have money and hopefully they actually want to commission you. Or you can even pitch your work to, like, brands and show them, like, this is me. It's a lot of, like you going like it's a lot of you putting yourself out there and like repeatedly doing that um as well like in terms of more like the fashion side and stuff like that um for portraits like I feel like I get people just messaging me on Instagram sometimes but yeah I get people messaging me and like through a friend of a friend um but yeah if you're trying to do like the more sort of like serious stuff yeah, by, like, um, pitching yourself there, out there. And I think when you do, like, you know, exhibitions as well, like, commissioners see you and they directly, like, email you sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So being featured in GQ, did that 
like what kind of doors did that open up for you? Did, how, did you see any opportunities pop up? Yeah, I think that? I definitely did see opportunities. Like, I think I see two. It was weird, though, because I feel like during that whole period in June, like, so many people were, like, hitting up, like, black photographers. And sometimes mm-hmm. like, it did kind of get really overwhelming. Like, it got so overwhelming. Um, like, um, yeah, it was really <laughs> overwhelming, like... And I had I had exams at the time, so like I was trying to like like a part of me was like, oh my god, like where have you guys been all this time? Um, because I've been creating work. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. But my friend was like, you need to take every opportunity. Like you never know like where this one opportunity might take you. So like I think after like the GQ thing, like like I definitely had like loads more people like reaching out to me, and then like. Like, I, there was one exhibition that happened in Switzerland. I'm not quite sure if they found me through the GQ thing, but it probably was that. Um, and just people, like, I think it, like, then other people were featuring my work. And then, like, like for example, random people would just message me and be like, oh, my God, I saw this, like, and I want you to do something specific because of that. So, yeah, I think it definitely did open doors. I was really surprised when they messaged me, actually. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You, yeah, you got to ride the wave when, when things like that yeah. happen, you know. But I, I do feel you, um, back in June, it was it was a really weird phase, you know. Yeah. Um, speaking to, you know, my other photographer friends, black photographers, you know, the amount of attention mm. that we were getting from, like, you know, the white photography industry. Mm-hmm. And it was just weird, you know? Yeah. Um, because like you said, we've been making work for a long time. Mm. And to all of a sudden, just because like the world was on fire and, and there were protests all over the place, you know, yes, pay attention to the work, but pay attention because the work is good. Yeah. Not out of a sense of guilt. You know, because now that things have cooled down, things are back to normal in a sense, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. we're still fighting to get proper recognition for work that is great. It shouldn't, you don't pay attention to it because you feel like you should at the moment because you probably have been ignoring black artists for yeah. your whole life. Yeah. You know, pay attention to the work because it's good, you know, yeah. so... I can understand the feeling of being overwhelmed, especially when your your regular life hasn't stopped. Mm. You know. Yeah, no, nah, it was it was definitely interesting. It was an interesting time. Um, yeah, but yeah. I was really happy though, like with all the fundraising, like mm-hmm. and like for all the like grassroots projects that I saw like hitting their like targets. I was really happy about that. Like, yeah, happy. Nice, nice. And you are you still in school now? Um, I've just graduated. So I just graduated this I graduated within a pandemic. Wow. <laughs> um yeah, so I just graduated and I have started a new job. So that's been interesting. All right, well congratulations. I know you say y- your job is not photo based. Yeah, it's not. It's not photos. It's like marketing. Oh. oh. Marketing is a great skill to have. Like, regardless, mm. because you know I'm 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 in marketing as well. Yeah, that's that's been my like one of my foundations, and mm-hmm. marketing helps you to see the world 
a certain way and it helps you to see, to understand what it is that, what's the message you want to say and who you're saying that message to and what's the best way for that message to get to them. Mm. And if you take that and, and apply it to your photography, then you have a certain way of understanding who your audience is and how to yeah. how to get your work in front of them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 all right. Like, I do some musical photography. Like, I do, like, because it's, like, for a jewelry brand. So I do some photography, like, like for the Instagram page and stuff. But, yeah, it's, it's all right. It's, it's not bad. <laughs> I get it. Well, what would you... What would you say to the young, to the young Aisha, picking up a camera for the first time? Like, what's some sort of uh, words of wisdom that you will pass on to her? Um, words of wisdom. I would probably say like that I shouldn't be so anxious about you know the camera and feeling like I need to be so good at that time. Like, I shouldn't worry about that. Like, I should just worry about having fun and just taking photos and just, yeah, literally do photography for that and not so much worrying about the fact that there's other people who are better than me and other people who have better cameras than me who, yeah, have better cameras or have a bigger, like, network so they can use this model bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and that I should just keep on going and like life literally works itself out and there will be like hurdles and there'll be points where you're like oh like I want to be better and you don't know how to be but like everything will work itself out and you will keep on getting better and better and you're not as bad as you think you are as well this is Aisha Sariki and you are tuned into the Black Shirt podcast I want to give a big shout out to everyone who tuned into this episode. Thank you for listening. The Black Shutter Podcast is hosted by me, Idris Talib Solomon. To subscribe to the Black Shutter Podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. When you get there, show us some love by dropping a five-star rating or leaving a review. This will help with our rankings, which essentially helps more black photographers get exposure. Make sure to check us out online at blackshutterpodcast.com to read the show notes, learn more about our guests, and check out some of their work. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Peace. Until next time.